Hello and welcome to the first Natter podcast, video podcast even, with me Steve Harrison and me Lewis Daniels. It's going to be available on YouTube and transplantfootball.com. Today we are joined by Stuart Langworthy, England over 60s walking football manager. Hello Stuart. Hi both, how are you? Good thank you, how are you Stuart? I'm good, thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to uh, talking to you about walking football. First things first Stuart, how did you become the England walking football over 60s manager? I saw an advert in the WFA newsletter and uh, thought that I would apply for it. I probably had a little bit too much red wine that night. Um, but I, I, my, my logic was, when would I ever get the chance to apply for an England manager's job ever again? So I, I went for it. Um, to my surprise and delight, I got an interview. Um, I was still teaching full-time at the time. Um, I think I nearly fa- fell off the chair in my uh, classroom when I saw an email that popped through to say I had an interview. I went for a two-hour interview, did some live uh, videos and things like that as part of the interview and was absolutely delighted to get the job Um, with a background, really, of success in walking football and uh, good people skills were the main two criteria. And I think uh, hopefully as a teacher, I I proved that and success at my little club, Abbeymead Rovers, which is a housing estate in a rugby mad city. uh, We've actually had a, a huge amount of success in walking football. So, yep. That was how I got the job. Is it still a sort of pinch yourself moment that you are the England manager? Every day, every time I hear it, every time you say that, um, it, it's it's such an honour. Uh, I, I can't, yeah, I, I can't describe the feeling of being with the team, singing the national anthem, and when people say about being an England manager, it's it's a huge honour. Yeah, it's something that I suppose you never really expect to happen, but like you say, when it does, it's, it's such such a special feeling. Like Steve has represented. Great Britain at football, and it's, I'm I'm looking forward to being involved with the England Transplant Cricket Team, and it it just it feels special, doesn't it? Well, it it's it's unreal, and all the players would tell you that that uh, they never expected this opportunity at, at our age. It's just absolutely fantastic uh, at, at our time of life to be able to get an opportunity like this. It's just it's just unreal, and the pride uh, of the players and myself, yeah, unbelievable. Excellent. Um, so, how can I just quickly ask, how long have you been playing walking or involved in walking football before that? What was your involvement before that? Uh, I had a hip replacement back in 2017. I tried playing 11-a-side football, realised that I was A, too old, B, uh, too nervous of the hip. I'd heard about walking football, went and joined a local club uh, nine years ago now, uh, thought that it was fantastic. I was chairman of my local club, Abbeymead Rovers. We decided that we'd set up a, a session for walking football. It started with six people and we've now got about 120 and six different sessions. Uh, and that's probably the story that you'd hear at most clubs. It started small and it's just grown enormously. So, yeah, I've been playing for about nine years and uh, I was offered the role of England manager in 2018. Amazing. Amazing. So moving on from that, you've, uh, I believe you've got some exciting events coming up. Would you like to tell us a bit more about them? Uh, yeah, we're we're off to the uh, Basque country in May. Uh, we're taking an over fifties, uh, sixties, and seventies men's teams, and we're hoping to take an over forties women's team over there. Although that's uh, in doubt at the moment. But uh, yeah, we're playing. We're playing. Uh, it's the first time we've played France. We've played the Basque country before. We've played Italy before. But uh, we're all looking forward to it. It's been a very difficult couple of years, and it's been uh, it's obviously limited the amount of opportunities for 
players because of COVID. Mm. So we're looking forward to going away and taking a, a big party, Wayne. It'll be a fantastic occasion. Excellent. Have you been before, abroad before with the team? Does it? I was just going to say, does it feel more special when it's abroad as opposed to being in England itself? Or is it just a huge honour anyway? I think what we're finding is that um, because we're leading the way, the, the England team was originally set up uh, to help raise the profile of the sport. We were the first national team. Italy were the second country. Um, and what we're having to do is we're having to play away games more often in order to help those countries to raise the profile of the sport in their own country. So we've been to Gibraltar, we've been to Italy, uh, we've been to Wales, which wasn't that far to go. Uh, we've been to Crete. Uh, we went to the Basque Country in October, uh, and for them it was a huge experience because they very rarely get to actually play and represent their own, what they believe, the Basque Country. Mm. Uh, to represent the Basque Country for them is is more important than playing for Spain, really. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we have been abroad a number of times, um, and we're hoping to to be able to encourage people to come to our country and play us. We were actually hoping to have a World Cup uh, two years ago, last year, and this year, and all of them have been postponed because of COVID, uh, because people still are a bit reticent about mm, travelling. So next year we will have the first ever World Nations Cup for walking football. Excellent. Look forward to watching some of that. Yeah, we should have, we think we're going to have something like 16 nations at each of the age groups. So it's now being played in over 50 countries around the world. Excellent. Excellent. Um, so also, I believe you're um, involved or starting a Parkinson's team for those with Parkinson's. How does that differ and what the similarities with the standard walking football that you do? Um, yes, we are. I was fortunate during lockdown to be asked to run a virtual walking football group for the We Are Undefeatable campaign. Mm-hmm. And one of the people I met was Paul Nichols, who has Parkinson's. And he sent me a video, which I actually thought was a bit of a, he won't mind me saying, a Mickey take at the start of him shuffling very badly on walking sticks into his garden and then coming across a football and, and just coming to life. Mm. It was it was magical to see. And then his dog came in and stole the ball from him, and he's left strand, <laughs> stranded in his back garden. And uh, it, it was quite an astonishing video. And talking to him, he talked about the fact that when he played walking football, he felt normal. Mm. And if a football could make that much difference to him, we believed it could make difference to lots of other people. So uh, after that campaign finished, we met up with John Roche from Liverpool, who was uh, playing Parkinson's walking football. And we decided, the three of us, to to try a bit of a mission to try and get as many people who we could. Uh, because Parkinson's people tend to sort of stay at home. They, they maybe feel embarrassed about their condition. And getting them out of the house uh, to form another group is, is, a, is a big thing for them. Mm. And then having a football in front of them uh, and giving them a new social group is is very, very important. So we decided to try and set up um, sessions around the country. We took part as a demonstration in the triathlon, which was run by Sport Parkinson's last year. Um, And our mission was to try and hold a Parkinson's National Cup, which we did. Uh, last month we had 10 teams of people with Parkinson's that's uh, 100 people which took place at St George's Park Mm -hmm. Um, and it was just fantastic and from that we've now uh, penciled in dates for early July to have trials for a Parkinson's uh, England team but uh, so in answer to the question of how is it different 
it's not it's not that different um, because, as I say, people come to life when they mm. with Parkinson's come to life with the ball in front of them. Uh, the one thing that you have to do is uh, have short and sharp games, lots of breaks. Yeah. Um, make sure that uh, the the surface is uh, suitable, so it has to be a softer surface, which the th- the three or four G astroturfs are perfect for. And uh, the difficult one is that some people might have to move their feet quite quickly in order just to get balance uh, with Parkinson's because balance and coordination is is a big issue. And obviously in walking football, running is not allowed. So we have to talk to the referees about using their judgment as to what is deliberately running Mm -hmm. and what is uh, a movement for balance and and coordination. Uh, But um, other than that, the rules are exactly the same. It's six aside. Um, but we, we do have to talk to people about making sure that they are aware of their own conditions. And um, what, what's great about walking football is it's non-contact and it's very much safer and very much more inclusive for people with Parkinson's and other health conditions to, to come join in. Excellent, excellent. So I, I play a bit of walking football, but our, our rules are very loose, should we say. Um, I work with a mental health charity. And what we did was rather than putting on football sessions, we decided to put on open age walking football sessions. Um, And, you know, we have the no, we have a no head out rule and basically you can't run. That's probably about it compared to non-football. The reason we went down that route was um, from a physical point of view, you know, if you've got people that aren't actually physically that fit or they don't feel they want to play full football, this is a, this is a a great uh, way of getting people involved. So apart from the physical benefits of playing walking football, we use that a bit with the mental health side of it to help mental health with the socialising, etc. Do you find that a lot with walking football with, obviously, it's over 50s. You know, when you get to the over 50s, over 60s, over 70s, perhaps those that are uh, on their own, those men that are on their own, and women in the women's game, Mm. do you find that they really benefit from the mental health side of it? Oh, absolutely. It's it's one of the biggest strengths of the sport mm. because uh, a lot of people gave up the sport because of their age, because of lack of fitness. And it's a sport that most people have loved all their lives. And to suddenly be able to go back out there on the pitch and have banter, you will find that all of the clubs have got a, a WhatsApp group. They all take the mickey out of each other on the pitch. They'll go for a drink, whether it be tea or coffee afterwards. And during lockdown, those social groups uh, kept people going, Mm. the fun and the banter. um, It's what it's all about. And, yeah, the the physical benefits of the sport are fantastic, but the mental mental health benefits should never be underestimated. It's it's changing people's lives. It's saving people's lives, I think. It's giving people a new lease of life. Um, We had some over-70s matches in the southwest the other day, and one of the players uh, was giving it quite large verbally on the pitch, and he, we found out afterwards he was seventy-nine years old. And to be able to still do that, you know, we, we've had a, a national cup final for over seventies with with players in their eighties still playing. It's fantastic. Mm. I, I wish that I was that mobile and that that fit into my eighties. You know, we it, it's just brilliant. It's keeping people going. Um, and I think if you spoke to a lot of people who just enjoy their club football they would tell you it's the highlight of their week and in fact many people will go to more than one session because they love the sport so much it gets them out of the house um 
and it's so important for that. And you mentioned the women's game. The women's game is growing massively. And the beauty for a lot of women is that uh, when they were younger, there wasn't football for women. Mm. So an awful lot of them are taking up a sport which they were interested in and may have enjoyed in the streets with their mates. But now they can actually play the game formally. Um, And we're finding that the growth in the women's game is huge at the moment. Excellent. Excellent. You mentioned mental health in there. And I think it's something that, especially in the position that myself and Steve are in, having transplants, mental health is massive and something that a lot of people struggle with in our position. I know for me personally, sport has been so powerful and benefited me massively physically, mentally, socially. And I think it's, you meet friends for life through it. Like we've said before on other podcasts that we like our first one and when Steve was on mine, that it's an instant family feel. Does it feel like that with walking football? Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm playing with a guy now at my club who I played against when I was seven or eight years old in Cardiff. And we've re- rekindled that friendship and we're now playing together. Um, you're meeting new people who uh, are being given opportunities, uh, not only just to play, but to get involved and things like that, which which gives them a new lease of life, as I said. And we've very much become, my, my club, I'm sure it's mirrored across the country. We're, we're one big walking football family and we take the mickey out of each other. One of our guys missed a, a, an absolute sitter last night in a cup match. He, he hit the post from just outside the area in an open goal. He won't forget that. We won't let him forget that. You know, it, it's things like that. Uh, it happened to be the guy that I've known since I was seven years old who did it. So, uh, you know, uh, it, it's brilliant. And, and as people have big birthdays now, uh, all the walking football crew are invited to, the, to their parties. We've become one big family. And it's, it's just brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Fantastic. So, obviously, as Louis said, myself and Louis are both transplant recipients. Uh, how are the Walking Football Association getting involved with transplant football? Well, we've been contacted by Steve, who I know is doing some incredible things with uh, transplant football. And he was really interested in the idea of for the more mature people, because uh, walking football traditionally is played by people over the age of uh, 50. Mm. Although we are finding more and more younger people with health conditions, long-term health conditions. For example, we have James at my club, who's 38, who's had a stroke. Uh, He was given a 2% chance of survival. Mm. Uh, and he he now turns up and plays walking football with us every week, and he's an inspiration to us. So it doesn't have to be for the over 50s, but traditionally it is. And uh, I know what Steve was looking for was the uh, opportunity for older people with, uh, should we call them more mature people, actually, more mature people who've had transplants to carry on playing football um, and to maybe take up a sport, maybe, and, and uh, have the opportunity to get themselves fit physically and, and mentally. So um, that, that's the that's where we've become involved, really. We spoke to Steve because um, he spoke to the FA, who really are only interested in walking football through their county FA networks. And there are some fantastic county leagues out there, which is brilliant. So it's, it's no criticism. Uh, but the Walking Football Association is a, a very enthusiastic and well-run organisation of volunteers with only walking football at our hearts. And that's what we want to do. Um, And we want to encourage as many people to take up the sport and stay fit and healthy for as long as they can. So it seemed a a natural uh, partnership, really, for us to be involved in helping your more mature people with transplants to, to, to come out and carry on playing football. If people want to get involved with walking football, where can they go to find out more? 
Uh, the, the, the simplest answer is to go onto the WFA website. There is a Find a Club uh, section on there. Um, if if people just go into Google and put walking football near me, they'll find it. Um, or they can go onto their county FA websites. Uh, some counties uh, are more active than others in terms of uh, walking football. But um, the best place to go is on the WFA Find a Club website because we've got quite a, a good database on there of clubs. There you go. Go and check that out. The link will be in the description of the YouTube video and also in the show notes of the audio podcast, wherever you normally get your podcasts. Stuart, thank you very much for coming on. It's been a pleasure to have you. If you're enjoying the podcast, please make sure you go and follow on your chosen podcast provider and make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well so you don't miss any more video podcasts. That's a big red button underneath us. Why not hit the bell as well? Then you'll get notifications whenever we upload a new one. Thanks, guys. Thanks for inviting me on and uh, I hope it all helps to raise the profile of the sport. Thank you. Oh, I hope so too. Thank you, Stuart. And if you'd, if you'd like to go and follow uh, the Walking Football Association on social media, that'll be linked in the show notes as well. You can also go and follow us at the Natter Podcast. We are at Natter Podcast on Facebook and Twitter and at Natter Podcast UK on Instagram. You can also go to the website transplantfootball.com to find out more about Transplant Football and there'll probably be a link to the Walking Football Association on there as well. I've been Lewis Daniels, he's been Stephen Harrison, and you've been listening to and watching the Natter Podcast. (laughs) 